0: Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an educator for 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, and an educational consultant. Let's get started. In this episode, I chat with Carly Spina, an educator with 15 years of experience in multilingual education, including her service as an EL teacher, a third grade bilingual classroom teacher, and a district-wide EL, bilingual, and dual language instructional coach. She is currently serving eight schools in a linguistically rich community of over 60 languages and over 800 active EL students. Spina has engaged in the successful co-creation of several parent outreach programs, Title I tutoring programs for students in grades three through five, mentoring programs for middle school students, co-teaching initiatives, and much, much more. She is deeply passionate about equity and advocacy for my multilingual learners and fights for access and inclusive opportunities for kids and families. Spina actively fights against food insecurity in the community she serves and she has spoken at various national conferences and events and has even received several awards over the years, including the Illinois Education Association Red Weaver Human and Civil Rights Award in 2015 and the Distinguished Service Award for Excellence in the team category for EL Community Engagement in 2019. She was the WIDA featured educator in April of 2019 and was named a Paul Harris fellow in July of 2019. Spina is an active member of the EL bilingual community on social media and enjoys networking and growing with teachers and leaders across the country. She is currently working on her first book with EdgeMatch Publishing. During our chat, We talked about the need for us to change the systems in which we operate. She shared her experiences working with parents of linguistically diverse students and the importance of amplifying their voices, not speaking on their behalf. Spina also examined the varied definitions of parental involvement as they shift due to cultural differences. Maybe, just maybe, this is a reflection of perspective and not necessarily attitude. We also discussed methods of engaging the community, moving beyond simply checking off tasks and instead embedding them into our everyday practices. She encourages educators to embrace their statuses as change agents and recognize that there are no small wins. In fact, incremental gains lead to monumental success. I hope that you enjoy this episode As much as I enjoyed recording it. Good morning, Carly, and thank you so much for being on the Counter Narrative Podcast. How are you today?
1: Good morning. I am doing so well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. You know Carly um before we get started if you could do me a favor and just introduce yourself to our guests maybe share a little bit about who you are how you got there and maybe something interesting about yourself.
1: Awesome. So um I am currently serving um as an EL bilingual instructional coach for my school district um which means eight schools from pre-K all the way up through eighth grade. Um, And we have a beautiful uh, linguistically rich community. We have over 60 languages represented in our school district and over 800 active EL students. Um, And um, what's beautiful, I think, about my role right now is I'm able to work with everybody, every teacher across every content area um, I'm able to uh, support programming and teachers and um, parents, administrators, associates. I, I get to um, everybody is my teammate, and I think that's so fun. Um, I have 14 years of experience in multilingual education. I was an EL teacher for five years. I um, was a third grade Classroom teacher in a bilingual program for six years, and um, I'm in my third year right now as the district EL bilingual instructional coach. Um, I love going to conferences. I love professional learning. Um, I'm starting to speak at different conferences and having a lot of fun with that. Although now many of them are virtual, which is still fun. Another opportunity to learn. <laughs> um, and I love being a part of. Um, You know, our professional learning network online, on Twitter and on Facebook. And right now I'm currently working on my first book with EduMatch Publishing, which I'm very, very excited about.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So, you know, Carly, can you tease us? What is the title of your book or do you have a title yet?
1: I have a working title right now. So it is um, tentatively titled Beyond Visuals, Innovative Supports for Multilingual Learners. And, um, we're going to talk about all the ways to kind of move beyond that, uh, that staple of like, just add visuals (laughs) and really, you know, kind of dive into different things that we can be doing that, uh, is really going to make an impact for supporting our multilingual students.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. And, you know, Carly, my, my wife is a bilingual, uh, teacher an EL teacher. And in fact, that is how we met working with the same population. So can you share, with us, because this is something that I am passionate about. Can you share a little bit about how you got into this work and, you know, what you yeah. find
1: fascinating with it? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Lincoln Square in Chicago. And what's interesting about Chicago, and I know you're a Chicago guy. Mm-hmm what's interesting about Chicago is we have all these different neighborhoods that are um, the way Chicago kind of developed and formed was, you know, we had all these different pockets of like linguistic um, and cultural, um, you know, communities. So there's, there's a Greek neighborhood, there's um, a Mexican community, there is a Swedish American community, like all of these different pockets. And so growing up in Lincoln square was interesting because it historically was, a German-American community. Um and then it when I was uh there in like the 80s and 90s, um we really did have a pretty diverse uh community a, a neighborhood. Um and so we had different languages on the block and different cultures on the block and if you everyone was outside, everyone was playing, you know, their own music and cooking their own meals and you just you'd walk down the street and you know, smell the beautiful smells and you dance to everyone's different music. And, um, and it was really cool. And my mom was a youth pastor for a bit of time, uh, when I was a kid and, you know, she, she was really, um, she was really passionate about making sure that we understood and we always considered, uh, perspectives that didn't match our own. And so while a lot of kids, At school, we're, you know, reading Goosebumps books for their book reports. My mom was kind of pushing us in a different direction. She's like, no, you're going to, you know, you're going to read Amos Fortune Freeman, or you're going to read the poetry of Phyllis Wheatley, or you're going to read about um, Dolores Huerta. Um, And so that was always just kind of what we did as kids. Um, And then I started to take like formal uh, classes when I got to high school for Spanish um, and then well, I continued studying Spanish and practicing, and I was always kind of frustrated with the the teaching of Spanish, of how it was very, um, like, this is correct and this is not correct. And this is, um, you know, this, it was always like there was a linguistic bias present in a lot of our Spanish classes in the suburban Monolingual (laughs) (laughs) high school that I went to, Um, and so you know that was always kind of interesting. And then once I got to college, I always knew I was going to be a teacher. Um, That was just always something that was like in my heart. I always felt called to do. Um, And then when I was taking my education courses um, in college, I was. You know, you you go through different, you know, teaching experiences as a pre-service teacher. And um, I was just amazed at the level of um, linguistic oppression and linguistic inequities that existed in many of the schools. And again, many of them were in Chicago, which is a very diverse, uh, you know, city. And um, and it was kind of a source of uh, kind of deep reflection for me. Um, and so I knew I had to get my EL endorsement and um, eventually got my bilingual certificate. And um, I knew that I needed to use my privilege um, to support others and to elevate others. Um, and I think I found that that community um, that I feel very, very passionate about serving.
0: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Um Carly can you I mean this is like the ideal at least in my mind uh, situation right for this podcast of the idea of changing the narrative around some of our marginalized students can so can you jump into that a little bit about how your work is helping our linguistically diverse students maybe you know highlight some stories of uh, positivity around them
1: Yeah so you know I'm this is my 14th year in my school district and while I feel like we are pushing a lot on kind of the narrative that's been passed down and circulated and inherited um amongst you know teachers and administrators and just the general community um so we are pushing on the narrative uh, but you know changing systems doesn't happen overnight. Uh, And it's, it's a bit of a dance. I think Uh, Dr. Jose Medina is somebody I follow on Facebook and Twitter, and he is this dynamic dual language educator and expert. And he always talks about like, we've got to dismantle all these systems of linguistic oppression that exist. Um, And it is kind of that, that dance of, you know, sometimes sometimes you you have those moments of like oh i think that was a small win but we we can't call it a small win it's a big every every win in education is a big win um and so sometimes these baby steps feel like you know they're so small but um and we really take the time to celebrate them so some of the things that i feel like wow those were those were small moments but such big impact um when my district was able to really engage um, our, our largest language groups through the formation of a BPAC or a Bilingual Parent Advisory uh, Council, um, I think that was a huge like aha moment for my school district. And I think many who, who are on that BPAC journey, um, as you know, a lot of folks will say about the students and families that I serve, oh, those parents are not involved or those parents don't care. And that's like one of my like, ah, like I cringe, it gives me a rash every time I hear someone say that Um, because my definition of being an involved parent might be different um, than my neighbor's definition or my sister's definition or my teammate's definition. Um, And so I think, you know, as people kind of consider uh, what it means to be an an involved parent or an engaged parent um, in student learning, so I think one of when we started our BPAC, pack, um, we had a really uh, really thriving group of. Uh, parents and guardians who were like, no, we are ready to take this charge. We would, we were just never invited into this space. We were never invited into this conversation. Um, We were kind of assigned like parent workshops and like, we're just going to make the decisions for you. Like there's, you know, an administrative team or a group of teachers that are like, you know, we're all monolingual and we're all Caucasian, but we're going to assign you guys a workshop on how to read with your kids when really the parents were never pulled or the parents were never asked or brought into the planning, and right, like, right. oh, we have some other ideas of like, what's going to make a really big impact for um, our neighbors and our community.
0: Yeah. So we know best attitude.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and it's so funny. Cause then they'll, again, we fall back on that narrative of like, Oh, they didn't come to our, you know, our parent workshop. Oh my gosh, they're not involved. They don't care. And you're like, no, 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 no. You're just going about it the wrong way. <laughs> Um, and then we had a really beautiful moment, um, when like our, our town our village offers like these community, like civic engagement or like civic awards. Um, and so I was like, you know what, we, we really need some more, uh, diverse representation, like really have representation that reflects who our community is. Um, and so I nominated our BPAC president. And she ended up receiving like a special committee award, um, and she spoke to the entire community in an acceptance speech and It was the first time that anyone other than a Caucasian English speaker had won that type of award in our community. so the fact that she was standing up on that platform uh, speaking two languages um, and and sharing a little bit about her work and her passion. And being thanked like personally by the village president, it was like such a huge win, such a huge moment uh, for for her and for our entire community.
0: You know, Carla, I, I think you touched on something important there when you m- talked about, you know, the the decisions being made for groups of individuals and then – You know, when those groups say, well, I don't want that or I I don't need that, or maybe it's I don't know how to interact with this thing that you're trying to do. Right. We have our own way, you know, and when there's that failure then to connect, there's an immediate assumption about, you know, the value that those groups of individuals have on education. Um, And so I, I think that's important. You know, what you just said was that stop trying to make those decisions for these groups and instead of talking at them. Right, talk with them.
1: Right. Right. And, and not only like, you know, a lot of us are talking about this idea of like, you know, using our voice to like, you know, to lead this or to change this or to, to counter this, but instead of like, you know, I'm not going to speak for anybody. I want to amplify their voice. (laughs) Mm. I want to hear it from them and I want them leading the charge and I want to give them the platform to do so.
0: So, Carly, you know, I'm just curious, you know, we, we talk a lot on these shows about the the obstacles that we face in doing this work. What do you think are maybe some of the, the reasons or the rationalities behind, you know, this, these mindsets that so often paint, you know, our our linguistically diverse families in, in this negative light?
1: You know, I think a part of it is, is just what we've been talking about is, is you know, who is at the table making decisions or, um, you know, setting guidelines or or developing things. And then um, the lack of like, you know, people always say, oh, you know, I create a, a welcoming classroom environment or my school is very welcoming. But you know, if you look at that and you, if you really push on it and say, okay, but what are you doing? You're saying you're, you know, oh, we have an open door policy, but how are you actively engaging those communities? And how, you know, if you're just kind of putting it as like a as a poster on the wall of like, we're inclusive, yay. Or, you know, a lot of folks will say, like, we have a diversity night in May, so we we can check the box. We have done diversity for this.
0: Right. year." <laughs> Think of it, Maya, the talking. Yes. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so instead of, like, actively engaging and, like, elevating the status of other languages aside from English and having that just be a daily practice, an embedded practice, um, you know one one thing that i talk about when i talk with teachers is a lot of teachers are like you know i would love to invite more um more language usage other than english but i'm monolingual and i'm uncomfortable with not knowing i don't speak mongolian i don't speak russian i don't have those skills and you know it's it's good to remind teachers you don't have to be bilingual or multilingual to welcome Languages into your classroom, like and and having it having it present on the walls of your school and the walls of your cafeteria and the walls of your classroom, or um, creating you know multilingual word walls. That doesn't have to be this big scary space uh, for us. And you know, and if it is so uncomfortable, maybe we need to sit in that for a little bit. We need to sit in that uncomfortable space, and that's okay. <laughs>
0: You know, I, I'm curious, you know, de- I think depending on where you're at, you know, when I know I speak to people and they, they hear, you know, bilingual students, they immediately say, oh, Spanish. Um, you know, but like you just said, you know, you, you referenced Russian, you referenced, you know, Mongolian. In fact, you said in your area, um, the schools that you serve, you have over 60 languages,
1: and it's and it's a beautiful thing. And then and it's interesting too to think about. We we did this one activity, and this is a, a great one for anyone listening um, to try in their spaces, no matter what grade you teach, no matter where you are. Um, is having teachers kind of stop and reflect about their own linguistic stories and that of their students. So we can even invite that conversation and say, how many languages do we speak as, as a group, as a class of second graders or as a group of, you know, seventh grade social studies students and kids can offer in, you know, well, in my, in my home, we speak Polish. Um, but you know, my dad, my dad, he used to know Polish, English, and Russian, but he only passed down English and Polish to me. Um, and that, that just invites this great conversation about, our linguistic stories and our linguistic identities and um, how they've kind of come to play out and everybody has a different story. Um, And it's cool once, once teachers and students have that conversation together is they write down all of those languages that exist in their space, even if they're not using it, you know, during class um, to have that be a part of their story. And then they post it outside of their classroom door so that everybody walking by, knows about, you know, the second graders in that classroom, how many languages are there. Um, And then it's cool to see we had uh, every school in my district has participated in this. And it's really interesting to see and walk by. And see, like, identify all the different languages. Like Lithuanian, that's not a common one that you see a lot. Um, and then it's really neat to see the flip side. So, like, when parents come in for parent-teacher conferences or an event at the school, they walk by and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's a Lithuanian speaker in room 107. That's crazy!" But I speak Lithuanian, um, and so it's cool to see the parents' identities, you know, honored and represented on the walls too.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I that I think that's a great, you know, approach. You know, uh, people, you know, their minds are blown. First of all, they cannot ever figure out what I am. You know, I, I get everything from, uh, you know, Caribbean to Egyptian to you know to, to about everything, and then, you know, I share that my grandmother spoke German, and then they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so, you know, I knew like if I heard, you know, like Max Schnell, like, oh, I bet we, we better hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. You know, and they're just like, no, this is so weird. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, Carly, I know you've touched a little bit on some of these things, but if you were to give someone, you know, a tip or an approach, you know, maybe they have, you know, the, this bilingual population or they just want to, you know, maybe change their own mindset. Do you have any tips or strategies for our listeners?
1: So I think number one is owning your status as a change agent. Um, And I think that's, that's kind of a hard space to step into because it pushes us outside of our comfort zones. But no matter what your role is in a school or in a district or in a system, everybody has that that role and that opportunity to lead for change. Um, And so no matter what your role is, um, you have that power and that ability and that platform and you can lead and you can push and flip lenses. Um, And then also just remembering that there is no small win in education. We work with children, we work with human beings. So every win is a big win. Um, My friend Darina uh, from the hashtag Believe Cafe, she always says, incremental is monumental. So take, take time to celebrate those, those wins that other people might say, Oh, that's a small win. No, you got to remember that's a big win. Um, and then just always, um, you know, don't, don't speak for others, you know, find their stories and amplify their voices. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's good for us to step outside of our comfort zones.
0: Carly, you know, I, I'm going to hold on to that last one that you shared. You know, the, the whole purpose behind this podcast is, you know, if you don't tell your story, someone will, you know, and I think so often we keep thinking about that idea of amplifying your own voice, speaking your own voice. But we also have to understand on the other side of that, allow other people to tell their stories as well, Um, you know, and not to speak for them. So I, I'm, I'm going to take and hold on to that one if you don't mind. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Carly, I know you mentioned Belief Cafe, but I do always want to pause for a moment and allow you to give some shout outs. You know, there are a lot of excellent work happening in education. And so just, you know, give some love to some people who deserve it.
1: Well, I have to give a big shout out to all of um, the EL bilingual and dual language teachers in Glenview District 34 because um, they are doing big, big things. They are making um, the EL program in the el classroom like the place to be um some of our our other parents were like how come i wasn't invited to that cool dance party or that cool event and we're like oh sorry we're vip (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm so proud of all the work that's happening um with their their um their ideas and their passions and then i have to give a shout out to some of my my twitter buddies and facebook buddies. so carol salva darina sakmanabua Valentina Gonzalez, Emily Francis, Michelle Shorey, and Arena McGrath are always posting all these amazing tools on Twitter. Jody Nolf, uh Pamela Broussard, and Dr. Jose Medina. He is like this force that just keeps me going. Um, and I'm just, I'm so proud to be a part of this community that is really passionate about flipping lenses and opening doors and, um, you know, asking the hard questions and really focused on creating equitable spaces for our kids and families.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. And so I will make sure that we include some ways to reach out to that wonderful group. Please make sure listeners that you go and follow them. And speaking of following Carly, can you share with us, how can we find you and follow you uh, to continue this conversation?
1: Yeah. So I am super, super active on Twitter. You guys can find me at Mrs. Spina's class. Um, And then I have a blog that um, I often update, and it is Innovative Inspiration for Language Learners. Um, And so we can make sure that we link that here. Um, But please find me on Twitter. I love uh, talking about these things, and I'm super passionate about um, connecting educators to, you know, great resources and great reflective questions. And um, I love learning and growing with other folks.
0: Well, Carly, I want to say thank you not only for being on the show, but thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and for a population that is near and dear to my heart, our linguistically diverse students. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Charles. I loved being here on the show today. I'm so, so excited. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: I want to thank you for listening to the counter narrative podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the CN podcast and the host at underscore CW consulting. Take care.